How do I get into voice acting? What do I do? Take acting classes. Take improv classes, especially, because the more improv and more experience you get with having to do things that are off the cuff and, you know, to, to build your arsenal, so to speak, with, with skill, is, is just to be able to learn on the fly how to come up with something and just try it and just kind of dive in. And that's and let yourself fall on your face, get back up, and, and the acting, the, the years of acting classes that you can take as do a local play, do a musical. Hello, I'm Jim Fox, and welcome to the Luminovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live. Welcome to the Lumen Innovation Podcast. I'm Jim Fox, and in today's show, we're going to be learning about voice acting. You're going to hear many voices probably throughout the next hour, but rest assured, we have only three guests here. And our first guest is Lucy Christian. She has worked many voice characters in the Soul Eater series, as well as the My Hero Academia series, as well as dozens of other TV shows, movies, and video games. Welcome to the show, Lucy. Well, hi. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. Our next guest is John Grimion. I had to get that pronunciation just right, right before we went on air. Everybody John, does. John Grimion. He has an impressively full resume of well over 100 voice character roles, stretching all the way back to the late 1990s. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here as well. Our final guest is John Swayze. His voice acting career also spans dozens and dozens of projects and reaches way back over 20 years ago. Some of his notable roles are Lord Death in the Soul Leader series, as well as Van Hohenheim. Did I get that right, right? You did, yes. Wow. And Carl Hausheifer of the Full Metal Alchemist franchise. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Cool. Let's, let's, let's just have some fun right out of the gates. Let's go around the table with uh, something fun or interesting with one of your favorite voices. We'll just... <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> what, what's, the, what's the rating of this podcast? <laughs> yeah, what are we... It's about to go up with your voices. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or go down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> go way down. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I don't know. One of the funnest Gosh. things is uh, we've just gotten, all three of us, um, I, I will say this, that Picking all three of us, you, you really struck gold. Uh, yes. Not only with a, the most impressive team of voice actors, but certainly the humblest. But um, uh, <laughs> that's right. Thanks, John. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, no, but uh, there's all kinds of uh, fun things that we get to. I don't know if there's any one thing I could, you know, name. Certainly, uh, there is one, but I'm not going to say it because I want to keep the integrity of your your show alive. Keep your so, but, it, but it happened in a video game. I think I may have seen your YouTube video of this Called uh, Borderlands 2. I play uh, uh, Salvador. There was and, a three involved. In there was a three involved, I, I yes. I saw the YouTube and, of and, this. Um, <laughs> the funny exchange. We'll, yeah. we'll leave it at that. You can find them on YouTube. I bet you you got, you got some one of my favorite One of my favorite stories recording anime <laughs> was when I recorded. I had to be at work at 9 a.m., so I had to go record something for something called Sorcerer Hunters, an episode where mm. I played a villain with a big, long mustache. He was this small, very jacked, built guy and he had this bevy of other muscle built guys around him who were like his guards. It was a really crazy episode. But I was recording I had to record it at seven thirty in the morning. Seven thirty to eight thirty, then get to work by nine. Stephen Foster was the name of the of uh, the engineer and director I worked with and he's really funny and crazy guy, but he's he didn't like the way the script was sounding and I had to say I had to say stuff like, Behold the beautiful body and the blah 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 and he said, I don't like this. Give me a minute. He went out to have a cigarette, came back in, rewrote the entire script 
and he gave me like a Hans and Franz voice and I had to say like, you should be able to crack walnuts with your butt cheeks and yeah. things like that. <laughs> that became the new thing and I don't know how many people out there in anime land watched it and went, blasphemy, that's, you can't record that. That changes everything. It's not in the dub but he did it and it was one of the most fun we laughed our butts off on that one. <laughs> totally good. Lucy, what do you got? You got, you got something? Well, um, I, I play a lot of different kinds of yeah. characters. I tend to play a lot of really energetic characters. Um, one, of my, one of my most popular characters is a little boy um, named Honey, Honey Senpai, in a show called Oron Host Club. And... Um, he is. Oh, see, she's nodding. She's yeah, nodding. it's a pretty great show. And in, yeah. the 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 shtick with him yeah. is that there's never been anything drawn as cute as him. He's just adorable. He has little flowers that hang around his head, just sort of organically, because he's that cute. Um, but then if you make him mad, he turns into this like amazing uh, ninja warrior. <laughs> like, so, so what's his nice mad. voice and what's but his, his mean voice? But his nice voice. He spends most of his time. Um, being carried around by his tall, um, by Mori, Mori Senpai, and eating cake and getting people to hug on his bear. And so he <laughs> spends most of his time going, Haruhi, Usa-chan, don't you want some cake? Come on, you guys, I know you want to eat some cake with me, and all this stuff. <laughs> but then when you cross him, he becomes a totally different thing. Anyway, mm. Wow, very wonderful. cool. I can tell already this is going to be a fun show. <laughs> total creativity going everywhere. I, I will tell you just one thing about Lucy that, uh, that we had that was fun for me as, as a director. Um, I was directing Lucy in a show uh, called Shadow Skill. <laughs> and uh, she played Elle, the, the heroine. And um, she's just, it, it's just kind of takes place in like a mythological time where, you know, wagons and horses and bar- barbarians and beasts and witches and goblins and all this stuff and anyway she plays this character and she stops this runaway wagon going down a mountain trail (laughs) she stops it from going off the cliff by lifting the wagon which is not just a little you know hitch thing i mean it's a full-on big (laughs) wagon and she lifts it over her head and she's just going and just screaming at the top of her lungs and um you know, Lucy, as talented as she is, you know, is only so tall. And that means her lungs are only so big. So we had to, like, get her to yell and then say, now take another big breath and get her, listen to your yell and then sort of continue do a, do a pickup and continue the yell. Because it just went on for, like, 45 seconds, oh, you know, no. and it was just <laughs> so, but once right. it was finished, it was so funny to watch because it's just like this, <laughs> you know, I can't even do it. And I'm like doing it full strength. I mean, yeah. It was hilarious. 45 seconds is hard for anybody. To yeah. Do. That's a long time. <laughs> how big your lungs are. I think so, she said, I'm done for the day. So, so all, of you, all of you guys worked for a, a uh, Flower Mountain, Texas-based company called Funimation. Is that yes. right? All yes. of you guys worked there. Talk very briefly about what, what is Funimation. What is the company about? What is their charter? And then how did you guys get connected with them? Hmm. Um, well, uh, I, to talk about Funimation, you'd be remiss if you didn't first mention ADV. Because right. ADV was the first company in Houston, or in Texas, that I know of, that started doing anime back in 94, 95. Mm-hmm. Funimation started around the same time, but they were up in the Dallas area. So Houston was 
cultivating all of these really good actors down here. Funimation was starting to find actors up there. But then they started hearing about these, these actors down in Houston really know how to do this. So we would start getting called. Well, then there were some economic woes that affected the ADV here. So a lot of actors started really, a bunch of actors moved to Dallas. Migrating. It kind of migrated where the work was. So Flower Mound, Texas is kind of a suburb of Dallas, a little bit of it's outside Dallas, right. of Dallas. Right. And, yeah. and it really yeah. started, it started in Fort Worth, and then they moved to their current facility in Flower Mound. Yeah. But anyway, so, but the, that's, I, I would just want to throw a plug into ADV because sure. they were the ones that started. And, and at the time, I know this is a podcast, but if you can imagine, ADV was here, Funimation was here. And now it's really kind of done and... like this, but now ADV is now a new co company called Sentai, and they're coming back. So it's okay. um, it's just uh, yeah. So anyway, well, but that was two heavy hitters, yeah, yeah. But I they mean, were the biggest. In between the two of them, we produce more anime than anyone else in North America. Oh, very cool. And that this, was how I got up to Funimation. Was Mike McFarland, who is a director up there had heard a show called Full Metal Panic that we had done here at ADV. And I met Mike at a convention, and he said, hey, I heard your work. You're great. Why don't you come up and be an episodic character in a little show called Full Metal Alchemist mm -hmm. that um, Funimation was doing, which was a huge <laughs> show. But that was yeah. my sort of paid audition mm -hmm. at Funimation. Someone um, told me about Mike McFarlane that he was the guy to get a hold of. So I contacted him and said, hi, I'm John Green. I'm, I do a lot of stuff at ADV for this many years. Can I send you something? So I cut together, a, I'm a video editor, so I cut together a demo <laughs> reel of a lot of my older anime from ADV, sent it to him, and then I started doing Galaxy Railways, and then that turned into Basilisk, and I did a little bit on Alchemist, and yeah, so, and there, yeah, but the trick about, of course, a company being all the way out in Fort Worth is that if you are in a show out there, you have to drive out to Fort Worth on your own, you have to drive back. Sometimes I drive up in the morning, record all day, drive home at night, or stay over, stay for two days. Mm -hmm. And now they're doing something called simul dubs, which is, <clears throat> if, correct me if I'm wrong, one week after the Japanese version will run on Japanese television, the script will be translated and immediately recorded the following week at Funimation, and this cut this helps to cut down on piracy, yeah. I believe. So if you're in a show before simuldubs, they would call you and say, we know that your character is in episodes 1, 8, 9, 16, and 23, so we're going to put it all into one session, come up here and do it in a day. Simuldubs, they never know when you are. So you could get a call every week, can you come back up here? Can you come drive back up here? So that, but, the, but the good news but, about that is, yeah, is this, there's a new thing here called Source Connect, which right. is replaces exactly. what used to be the old ISDN line. But basically, um, and there's a, actually an old engineer from ADV that has a studio here in Houston. Thank goodness. And he has Source Connect, and he is now the Source Connect connection with Funimation and Okratron up in Dallas. Mm. So instead of driving up four and a half hours to get there, and working for two or three or, you know, back in the day, it was like, well, if I'm going up there for a day, I need it to be worth my time. I can't go up there for one hour. They'd find other stuff for you. So they yeah. do the crowd noise on this one. Can you go to this studio over down the hall and do something else? But, That's but good. now, now you, you can do source connect. You go to his house and go for one hour and just be done with it. You know, in the, at the end of the day, you may not be technically making 
four hundred dollars like you were in a day, but you may be making seventy five or a hundred and fifty something like that. But there. you're yeah, not having right. to spend eight hours yeah. on the road on plus the, road, the time right. working, plus the gas, plus the wear and tear on your car. I mean, I'm on my third car having worked at Funimation. <laughs> is, is uh, there, I can't tell you how many speeding tickets. But you, know you know what else? You know what else is good about simul dubs for voice actors is that now since you since they never know how many episodes you're gonna be in, you get a session fee for every time you do it. So you probably okay. end up at the end of a show that's doing a simul dub making a little more money than if they would the have crammed fees, all yeah. this into three hour right. session, paid you only for and that. And certainly if you factor in all those other things. So, oh, right. we, so we've kind of dug into this full speed, but uh, let's back up a little bit for the listeners out there who yeah. may not fully understand what we're talking about. Give, <laughs> give kind of a basic top level definition of a, what is voice acting. It sounds simple, but let's let the uh, audience mm. understand what that is. It's uh, acting with your voice. Yeah. Yeah. The, the key to any voice acting um, is, is really acting. The acting. Um, uh, the key, if, if, if you wanted to sum it down, boil it down to a, just a one little nugget of voice acting, it's to be successful, is you have to be authentic. You have to be real. It's not just, I can do funny voices and listen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're doing uh, Full Metal Alchemist or Full Metal uh, uh, whatever, Fumofu or anything, or you're doing... Um, uh, uh, industrial narration talking about heart pumps um, and how right. they benefit mankind, or you're talking about how uh, sodas are on sale at your local grocery store for two ninety nine. It has to be real and it has to be authentic. And I defy anyone. Uh, and I've heard actors say, "Well, you know, doing the commercials that's just that's nothing." I'm like, "Really? All right. Well, then don't do them anymore. I'll do them for you." Yeah. You know, <laughs> because it is. If you don't sound real and believable. It ain't going to fly. And it's, it's not, and that's a good point to make about bringing things outside of the anime discussion is that no matter what you're recording, I, I've, got, I've got a voice that sounds a little more radio and a little more trained. When people hear me, they go, oh, you've got kind of a radio voice. That's a blessing and a curse because what's happening a lot uh, these days is that every audition, maybe back in the 80s when I think Bette Midler sued someone who impersonated her voice on a commercial. I think it was Bette Midler. And they, so after that, people got, advertisers got real careful about let's not imitate people as much. That was one thing that happened, I think was a specific case. You had to say celebrity voices impersonated on the end of the commercial if you did it again. I, I'm a mimic and I impersonate people. I do a lot of different accents and voices and impressions. That's great, but there's not as much of a call for that anymore. And especially... Every audition I get these days, it says, don't sound like an announcer. That's exactly right. Non-announcer voice. They want you to sound like, they give you a celebrity, like sound like Matt Damon or sound like Ray Romano. or Here's here's your example we want you to sound like, but we want you to sound real. I see. So you're reading a script where you're selling something and you're reading lines that don't necessarily sound like they come out of your next door neighbor. Hey, have you heard about, nobody does that. Yeah, that's right. you need to you need to have that walk that fine line between being able to sell it, but also sound like you're completely natural and off the cuff. So like and you're you not it. making an announcer listen to this. So I can do that all day. Sounding casual and authentic is 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 more. It requires it pulls more from your acting. So what skill. what is but, the difference there? So like like comedians will will uh, they'll mimic a celebrity, a Matt Damon or a, or yeah. whoever, George Clooney, and those are oftentimes intensely for uh, comic purposes over the top. How do you back that off to make it sound more realistic? What's the trick there? Or the, the well, you know, hmm, I don't know. I don't know so much if when you imitate those people, you sound over the top at all. You just sound like them in their authentic voice. <laughs> there's a, there's right? an actor out in L.A. Uh, Larry. Um, Larry Davis used to be here. Great voice actor, or great voice talent. And uh, 
he uh, mainly does what are called stingers and uh, things like you're watching ESPN on ESPN I would or that whatever. Job. Yeah, I mean, it's great, you know, and it's one of those jobs you walk in and you work for 20 minutes and make $5,000, you know, so. Uh, but he does apparently, well, I've heard it, it really is, an uncanny Morgan Freeman. Right. And he's this short little white dude. But he's got this uncanny, you know, and he's got the, you know, I remember when I was a boy, you know, just that. And he's just got the everything down. So he'll do, he'll do spots with that voice. He'll do narrations. He'll do all kinds of things. It just never says... I'm Morgan Freeman. Sure, yeah, it just, hey, man, I'm, yeah. I'm just a dude. It, if you thought I was Morgan Freeman, that's on you, you know. So, so anyway. when you guys are doing uh, anime, for instance, which, is, you know, those are uh, hand-drawn characters that are oftentimes not even realistic uh, anatomy, do you guys have some ver- some version of a... <laughs> that's a good way to well, put that. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking that when I said that, yeah. but it was like they're cartoonish yes. figures. Yeah, they've got yes. real cartoon uh, anatomies. Yes, but that, that's also true. That wasn't my initial thought, but you're right. Uh, but but is there some version of an out-of-body experience with that, that you're hearing your voice uh, put on a character that's not you and not even close to you? Is, I that, is it, that? I guess it can be. I think that, um, you know, no matter if you're doing um, industrial narration or audiobooks, which some of us do, and <coughs> and whatever it is, it's just a matter of, I think of it as tweaking the knobs, because I'm, I'm different than John Gremion next to me, in that I'm a horrible mimic. I am not good at doing that. I, I'm not good at sounding like other people, but what I am good at is taking some key adjectives or attributes and dialing them up or down. Into your like, own voice. Into my own voice. And re- um, reading a script like that, it's it's like a musical score in a way. It you know mm-hmm. you That's like good. when you walk in and Lucy walks in, she's going to look at a piece of copy and know exactly. Now now not to say that she won't be directed differently, mm-hmm. but she's got the instinct as does John. I mean, it, all of us do, but it's just Lucy's actually particularly good at it. Um, where she can, she's going to know what words are important. So and how to and how to tweak it for that script, and she does that because she's done so many of these. She's going to know, like, okay, the, and it really, and it's nothing more than a starting point because the, the director's, you know, you never walk into a session and do one take and they go, well, we're done. Yeah. So does, <laughs> even if it's the one they use. So dig into that a little bit more. So the scripts you're talking about are not just the words you're going to say, but they actually have a description of a bunch of adjectives describing the character or the voice. Uh, sometimes, I mean. What we get, I mean, even from our agents, like if we're just doing, even if it's a toothpaste commercial, you'll get, uh, I will get 20 to 40s woman, um, no accent, pleasant, curious, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. conversational, right. like she's talking to a best How do you friend. Tra- and so you might get the, that. Some of those kind of make sense. How do you translate curious into a voice? What does that mean? That's so, a- <laughs> so then. You just kind of try to make it sound like I uh, like maybe right? right. You just sure, kind of think good. about how yeah. to how to embody that in a voice. What do you think about, or what kind of quality does? Or it Or I have? would tell you. Let me just tell you this though. You also get with all those descriptive things, which very often start to get uh, uh, not redundant and repetitive, but contradictory. I want you to be kind of slow in a very fast way. That's true. But then yeah. the worst is, the worst is when they go, <laughs> so we're looking for sort of a Jonah Hill, Paul Rudd, uh, Ben Affleck. Like, those are, those are completely different. Right. Yeah, what do you want and then they'll, that, right? get, then, they'll, then they'll give you YouTube links. 
So just to and you're be, supposed to listen to that and go. So, do you want me to sound like that, or am I supposed to mimic no, that? Or what you know, I what I find frustrating about about auditioning for voiceover versus auditioning for a theater theater role because we do stage acting too. I mean, I do stage. I think we've all done stage acting. Mm-hmm. You can walk in and meet the person. You can ask questions afterward. Was that right? How do you want me to do that? How do you want me to turn that or change that? There are so many jobs that I've gotten where I read my audition for a voiceover. I don't get the job. I end up hearing what they used, and I go, "If you just would have told, told me, me that, to yeah. dial that, yeah. they never meet you." I see. They, they, the client usually, almost always, will hear your voice at the audition in the first few few words. They if they don't to like feel it, it they like go, it. "Nope, next one," because they've got they've got work to do. And so, what's yep. frustrating for me is that what? Well, that's frustrating. But I get most of my work because someone hears my demo. And they go, I like that demo. I bet he could do what we want. Or they send the YouTube link. I can mimic well enough what they want. And they go, oh, he's, let's use him. It's, or I know someone. It's, it's uh, you know, who was casting. And your demo is the same thing, though. Because <coughs> right. on your demo, you know, people like to have a three-minute demo. It's like, no. Your demo doesn't need to be more than 30 seconds that's long. Because right. no one's going to listen to it that long. Yeah. And if that's they right. don't hear what they like within the first 10 seconds, yeah. they're moving on. They're they don't out. have time. They, th- that is like the most painful thing to do mm-hmm. as, a, as an uh, ad exec or a producer or whoever is hiring the voice talent is to listen to demos and auditions because... After a while, they all sound the same, I'm sure, just, right? They all like sound the same. It's like and, and headshots. There's, yeah, there's, a, yeah. there's a, so for several companies here in the, in the um, States that um, will... Uh, they're... they're clearing houses for voice actors and you pay a fee generally like 300 bucks a year and they send you audition you know things like that and if you land them you know some of them pay well it only pays 50 bucks or some of them pay 5,000 whatever it is but and I know people that have done this but it's you have to literally be married to your computer or cell phone and be in a place where you can audition any time at any moment of the day. Sure. And we've got a friend um, that lives in Atlanta that does this voice bank or voice one, two, three, whichever one it is. And she does, I think, about 50 to 60 auditions a day. Good. Wow. Wow. That's a full time I mean, job just doing auditions. Well, I know. That's amazing. How I know. Does she, how amazing. does she book? Like, does she book a lot? Yeah, she does book some. Yeah, she does. And she's made, you know, good stuff. It's um, Matt's wife. Uh, Ex-wife. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it's like, you know, my thought is, because this is another thing about voice acting, one of the things that I find I think is absolutely key. Um, because people go, okay, you know, I'm going to be a voice actor. So I'm going to get some training. Okay, great. Now I'm going to go out and do this and do that. And it's like, well, you've made your demo and you've got your website and all this stuff. But if you don't market yourself to find clients, the here's the bottom line. If... You don't know I exist. The probability of you hiring me for your next voiceover project is zero. Unless you love my audition. And Well, I'm just saying, but if you yeah. don't even know I exist. Oh, exist. Sure, sure. Yeah. So it's up to us. So uh, a friend of mine taught me this a long time ago. It's like, you know, the work of being a voiceover is finding the job. Getting the, the connection. That's, that's always the... The yeah. voiceover yeah. job yeah. is the payoff for all the work you've done. So mm. somebody goes, uh, you know, I, I did a job years ago and this has happened once in my life where i did all these commercials for a a gas station uh company and it was like phillips or something like that but it was various things it was all over the country and it was just huge and i uh it you know i called up and i said uh 
my agent, I said, hey, can I get an advance on my job? I did. She goes, yeah. You want the whole 16000 I went, the what? <laughs> uh, well, yes, I do, number one. But I, and people go, God, man, how long did that take you? And I was like, two hours. And they went, but you made $16,000 in, no, yeah. I made $16,000 in eight years and two hours. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good way to put that. It, so, took, it took a long time to get to that point, you know. Yeah. And okay. it's only happened that one time. It's but not, that's why, like, with what they're talking about, I think with what both Johns are talking about in terms of how you audition and all these things and how trying to imagine that payout trying to imagine the success is so out of your hands that what I've learned over the <clears throat> years that I've <laughs> been doing this is I do not sweat auditions. I do not, I rarely do second takes of auditions because mm. usually <coughs> the first take is the best one. It's usually the, the most uh, less in my head. I'm not in my head. And it, it doesn't seem to make any difference if I do... 10 takes trying to get it perfect or read off the first one that comes to my I think mind. I think Somebody on the other end is listening yeah, for what right. they want and they already know what that is. I right. think it's Clint Eastwood, as he's directing movies, his kind of deal is let's just do one take and just let it roll because yeah. they're more natural <laughs> that way. And he, yeah. uh, he, I think it's rare that he does more than one take. Well, I, I had a, a very uh, a very famous, well, I say famous, he was a very prolific uh, actor, uh, voice talent named Bob Magruder. Uh, in Texas, he's since passed away, but he's, he was just an exceptional guy. And I took a workshop with him. And one of the things he said was, you know, if John and I go in to do an audition, back in the old days, we'd go and do an audition together and we'd get in the booth and get ready to hit record on the cassette tape and it'd be a two-person script. Well, then before we did it, we go, you want to practice it? Yeah. And we'd practice it. Right. And then we'd get to record it and uh, we'd, um, it'd be a, uh, it would be like, why didn't, why didn't we record the practice? Yeah, that was that's, way better, that's better you know? Yeah. And so um, uh, it's, it's one of those things you always record because you never know when you're going to get the, right. the, the, the so right So Just to be clear to the audience here, we've got two Johns. The one you were just hearing was John Swayze and John Grimion. You've got mm -hmm. uh, something you're, right. you're ready yeah, to Yeah, well, I was getting back to something that, uh, that John was talking about earlier about the, that when you get an audition, you, uh, you hear contradictory ideas about what the yeah. producer or director wants. And, and normally it's, it's too many cooks in the kitchen. It can be uh, of the production company saying, we want this, well, I want this, and they run by somebody. Well, how about this? And they, you get too many adjectives. You get too many uh, things. And you don't know how the final arbiter of you know, who's going to decide. Who's really the boss, yeah. Right, who's really the yeah. boss. Is yeah. going to, what they're thinking, what their perception is, and what that's clouded by. I once did, this is a story I tell a lot, but I, I once, my funniest experience recording something was when I was, on an ISDN line, I was recording one of those commercials for call 1-800 and get this album by this uh, great soprano singer. So I was in the studio going, her incomparable soprano voice has captivated millions worldwide, blah, blah. And I've got the music in one part of my headset and the ISDN from New York, the woman who's producing it, is directing me in the right headphone. And she stops and she goes, okay, John, that's great. You don't have to forgive me because I speak in metaphors. But what I'm, what I'm thinking when I'm listening to this music is, what kind of wine would I be drinking <laughs> listening, wow. listening to this music? And I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. She said, that's I'm, when you drop your head in the studio amazing. like, oh, my God. But she God. goes, she goes I'm, not, I'm not kidding. She goes, I'm thinking like a nice full-bodied Molo. <laughs> and part of me wanted to go, okay, do you want a turning leaf Merlot or do you want to, you know, yeah. what brand? But I looked at the, at the 
engineer, and I kind of mouthed, what the, f-? you know, and he goes, I don't know. So, you know, I go, okay, well, let me see if I understand what you want. Do you just want me to sound more smooth? Smooth? Pause. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I'm in a bathtub, and I just started improv. So I'm in a bathtub with some wine. I'm looking out the window at sunset. Oh, yes, great. Give me sunset. Give me sunset. All she wanted me to do was flatten out my voice and sound stoned and go, but if she you didn't hear the know commercial, the to say that. if she you hear the commercial, yeah. I'm just going, whose incomparable soprano voice has captivated millions of world. That's all she wanted. Wow, but she just didn't know the lingo in your industry. She started talking about what kind of wine am I drinking. I'm like, yeah, man, improv class. We had a a director one time that used to work at uh, a company we do voice work for, and um, this is something something like that is when you find, though, a director that just doesn't know what he or she wants. And there's nothing more frustrating because it's in our nature to want to please that director or that producer because we want... You to come back. How much leeway do you guys get uh, to just say, hey, director, have faith. Let me try something totally here. Totally depends on the director. It really depends. And, and, and in this particular case, this is what we call what we call a foley, where we go uh, <clears throat> like that. <laughs> and in this show, um, my character, we're on a bridge, and there's an explosion, and we get thrown off the bridge. And then we land. So it's in the script. It's two foleys. So ready? Record. There's the explosion. <clears throat> Now, 99.9% of the time, they go, moving on. (laughs) But this director went, okay, um, let's let's back that. Let's try that again. Uh, It's really, um, it's an explosion, man. I mean, you know, you're not just falling off something. You're you're just, okay, all right, right, roll. Okay, it's really not that big of an explosion. So, like, 15 takes later, you know, you're so like, dude, I don't know what else to give you. I know I'm, who so, that director was. Yeah. Well, so it, let's talk about that process it, for a while. So when you're doing that, when he's describing that scene to you, are, it, it, what is your mind doing? Is your mind actually thinking, what does a body look like as it's falling out of an explosion down well, the building onto the ground? In, in is, this, are you trying in, to paint that picture in, in your this mind? Instance, no, because in, we're watching the video. I can see what's oh, see. happening okay. to this guy. You have to go you know? along with the video. I'm watching the video. So that's one of the great things. Like once you get cast or if you get to audition uh, in the studio for an anime, one of the uh, important things, and it's something that a lot of people are really looking at now, is um, I like to listen to what the Japanese actor does. Uh, I like to hear what they sound like. I'm not going to mimic them, but I want to at least try to capture, you know, if uh, to give you an example, when I did Soul Eater, um, I went into audition and I do a lot of villains and bad guys and stuff like that. And so I think I was working as Crocodile on One Piece and that Lucy's... In, are you, you do One Piece, yes? You're in one, John? Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, play okay. one character. One and, uh, but anyway, I played this character, Crocodile, and he talks like this and everything's down here. And um, That'll kill your I, voice I, yeah, you and I get, I get this audition for Lord Death and I didn't know anything about the show. And I'm like, great, here we go. I'm Lord Death, you know, and... So I walk in and I start doing that in the audition and Zach Bolton, the director, is like, no, 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 man. Listen to what the Japanese does. And he's way up here like this. So it was like, oh, okay. So I started doing that. And then, uh, so that was very helpful. Let's break out of the program here for a few seconds to give a shout out to our sponsor, Puzzometry, the hardest puzzle you'll never solve. If you love working on challenging, unique, and beautiful mechanical puzzles, then you've just got to try Puzzometry. P-U-Z-Z-O-M-E-T-R-Y. Puzzometry.com. 
They have three different puzzles to choose from, and all are for sale at Puzzometry.com. Check it out. You'll be glad that you did. Puzzometry can also be found on Twitter and Facebook. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Lume Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation. Before we get back to the program, I want to let you know that you can find all of the episodes of the Lume Innovation Podcast on our webpage, lumeinnovation.com. That's L-U-M innovation.com, lumeinnovation.com. We are also on iTunes as well as soundcloud.com. So who's more responsible for uh, imparting emotions and personality on the characters at the artist or is it you guys uh i mean theoretically it's the perfect marriage of that mm. but so much of what we do or at least in the anime world the animation is already there and right. so it's just there to give you clues about the voice you know it's it's just there as a guide so, so except for the occasion where you maybe do hear the japanese but generally it's up to you to see a character and give it a voice yourself to say i i, mm-hmm. I see a certain voice in this character right yes okay yep. mm-hmm. well, that's cool. what's tough about anime tougher about anime for me at least than other jobs is that when you walk in to a, do a radio commercial it's a it's a very different situation when you're mm-hmm. when you've got the extra added element of the video that you're watching plus when you walk in to do an anime i don't know if anybody's had a different experience with this but typically you don't know the show mm-hmm. you just got a call a couple days ago or last week hey can you come in we got a couple hours for you on this new show okay you walk in you're in the middle of episode five all of a sudden you don't know the context you don't know the build. you've never seen the characters you've never seen your character you don't have any kind of setup to it i think some actors ask for a subcopy before so they can get into it so i'm glad you i'm it. glad you brought that up i've got yeah, a i've got you're an going ex- cold I've got an experiment here that may either fail miserably or be extraordinarily be entertaining. Cool. This is this is going right. to be fun. So so what I did, I I, uh, I did a couple of things. Yeah, I thought you said, I've got a script yeah. I'm pitching. I'd like to uh, like catch you I, I feel like uh, Johnny Carson with the, uh, what is it, uh, Karnak, Karnak Magnificent? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Magnificent. With the envelope here. Right. So what I did, I went home and I Googled, I Googled the phrase, people who look like cartoons. Oh. And I just did an image search oh. of that, and I pulled out a few, just three randomly selected people. All right. And I don't know if these are celebrities or if they're regular Joes off the street. I have no yeah. idea. So I want you, to, uh, before we look at the picture, uh, what I'm hoping to get out of this is to have the audience hear the mental process that you see a character and absorb it and start building a voice around it. Interesting. So let's okay. see what you can do with that one. And I just, just look at it. Just open up, describe your process, kind of to, to let your mind talk to the audience. Oh, here. okay. Well, she's an older woman. Uh, she has short silver hair. Looks like she's yelling. Um, <laughs> she looks like she would be on King of the Hill kind of thing to me. So what voice would you give so this So I would lady? probably say, um, Dewey, Dewey, <laughs> son, you better get on back here now. <laughs> Very good. Nice. So that's again. This is I just Googled. Uh, oh, that's the governor of oh, Texas. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I just Googled <laughs> and Richards, people who look like cartoons. And okay. here's one for John Grimion. All right, let's see. And so again, describe the mental process as you're absorbing this and let the audience and I'm understand glad you the process. That because whenever I walk into an anime studio, I want to see the character first, and then I kind of yeah. my brain just goes, "What voice would he have?" And then I try to hear. We've it. got a phase two of, the, of oh, this, this experiment like, in a minute. This is like uh, this looks like Michael Shannon. The actor. Yeah, he does look like a cartoon character. Okay, so he, he, he kind of looks like a bit of a punk. He looks like he kind of gives you a hard time in a club. Like, get out of I was sitting <laughs> in that seat. I was talking to that girl. Get out of my way, buddy. That's exactly Very right. Good. Look yeah, at that. Get out of my way. I like yeah. it. All right, John Swayze, it's your turn. 
All right. Same thing. Describe your mental process. Let the audience understand how your mind uh, does this. I see a snowman and a snowstorm. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> oh, we, we open, open it up. I see. Yes, All right. There, there we go. go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, this guy looks kind of like uh, he's a bit of a doofus, a bit of an oaf. Uh, he's kind of got a bit of a... Um, Oh yeah! Uh, not Jonah Hill, but who's the other guy? The big stoner guy. The, uh, oh oh oh! Uh, he was in Knocked Up. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah yeah yeah. Um, Anybody? Um, that guy. Who? Zach Galifianakis. No, no not no. Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, Although um, that's got a big uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, so what what voice uh, would you give that guy and why? So why? I'd be like, um, yeah, I guess I could do that. <laughs> That'd be fine with me. <laughs> Very good. Sure, I like Twinkies. <laughs> Pretty good. So phase two of this experiment, because I think that was uh, a Definite success. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> Phase two is that I did a similar Google search for cartoon characters that we've all seen in comic strips. Not cartoon, but comic mm-hmm. strip characters that I don't think have ever done oh. movies. So we don't know what they sound like. So oh, it's up, so it's up oh, to you guys. Wow. Wow. Right. Okay. So, so I, may have, I may have failed. Some of these have <laughs> may have had movies about them, but I don't think so. So oh, that's let's uh, see what you got there. Describe who you've got. There's a name on there. So describe who it is and give them a voice. Oh, it's Blondie. Blondie from the Blondie comic strip. Yes. Um. Oh, Dagwood. Oh. oh, I don't know. I think she'd kind of talk like this. <laughs> oh, you are so silly. <laughs> Very good. Right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Right? Now, now that, don't, hey, I, I'm, can I supplement or sure. add to it? Sure. Don't, uh, don't announce who it is. Do oh, the voice okay, first okay. and well, let's see if we can guess. Oh, All right. Fun. This is going to tie in, though. It might make it pretty okay, obvious. Let's see. Well, let's gosh, see. I hope I can. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, boy, I love these kinds of sandwiches. It's so tasty. I can't <laughs> wait. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, hit pause at home if you don't want to hear the answer. All right. But isn't that, uh, in isn't that Dagwood? Five, it's not Dagwood. Oh, yeah, it is Dagwood. It is Dagwood. It is. Dagwood. Dagwood. That's Blondie's. Dagwood. So you got Blondie. You got Dagwood. No doubt I'm getting the sandwich. That's right. <laughs> the sandwich. Yours is, don't eat me. I know who you're getting. You're getting yours, is, oh. yours is definitely a little bit off the beaten path, oh. but uh, here we go. Let's oh, go okay. Way. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. What you going to do? Well, no, that's not. <laughs> so what is the, what's the middle process? How are you absorbing this? What is your brain thinking and what, how, what are your... So, yeah, so I look and, um, again, I, I'm looking at the, uh, first of all, uh, how realistic does he look? You know, does it command a, a cartoony voice? Um, certainly, if you look at a lot of animation, um, there are obviously exceptions, but most of the stuff uh, <laughs> is not looking for cartoon voice it's looking for just real you know mm-hmm. um but you know he's very simple um he's obviously a cart you know he's got exaggerated features and whatnot but i think he's got a very soft voice i mean he's got a, a light pastel mm. shirt this is, this is we haven't mentioned yet that you've got the picture of ziggy picture ziggy. of ziggy yeah. yeah so you know i'm, I'm thinking like i mean I'd just be um oh i don't know maybe <laughs> just Hey everybody, how you doing? You know, I don't know. Now, now I'm affecting my voice. I just said not to do that, but that's what but I'm it's doing. It's kind of getting into Muppet territory. Yeah, it is kind of going there, like. Yeah. But he may be. He's but a little it, Muppetish. But so it's just—I think just a very soft voice. You know? Think about that same process for Blondie. How did you absorb Blondie? And I don't think any of us have heard. Well, Blondie was a dozen movies or so back in the '30s. None of us were right. around then. But mm. well, but so I was thinking about that. Like as John was doing his, um, I just took this image as a you know, it's the cartoon of her, and it's her looking. Pleasant and sweet and, and blonde-haired, curly blonde hair. Um, but it occurred to me that I went with my gut instinct about what I thought she would be like. 
Um, but what we do is we might, I might be working with a director that says, no, 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 this is a blondie for, you know, the 2000 teens. So she's, she's feminist all the way. So what would that <laughs> And so would I would be? have to sort of be like, Oh, Dagwood, it's not going to be like that. This is how we are now. Women are not, you know, or whatever. Or maybe he would want her to be way down here. And she's just very no-nonsense. And you know what? This is how we run this house. There you go. Um, right. You never That's know. But, but what I think is, um, and what I thought about saying earlier, is that the great thing about our job, I think, is that there's so much flexibility in it. You know, if we're not having a good time with the character... Act like that comes you across are. the microphone, act, doesn't it? Yeah. It comes across, but yeah. act like you are, because it'll be over really soon. Yeah. <laughs> and and it really helps to not get too invested. I think that's hard for people like us who want to grab onto something and go, but this is my art. This is I need needs to have integrity. Well, not always. To be honest, not always. Sometimes you're just there, and the best thing you can be is as is as free as you can be. You're there to fulfill the people who hired you. They have a deadline to meet and they hopefully want to do it in the best and most productive and efficient so way. So in a sense, it's fun, but it's also just a job, right? You're, you're it's just, also yeah, your it job. job. And yeah. again, if you don't like it, you know, hang around. It'll right, change. But, but you know, the other thing too is uh, two, two points I'd like to make. Um, number one is it, w- it would have been interesting uh, also in your experiment if you would have, since you have two guys, if you would have given us the same character and not let yeah. us see, oh, give me your, yeah, give me your, go. give me your, and CD. and you know what, what yeah. do we? Well, I thought about mixing the genders as well. Given, yeah. I mean, just, Here. but yeah. what, what do we do with it? Because yeah. in the in the reality of the, our world, there are some things that I just cannot do. Okay, I'm not going to get the 16 year old. What boy. if you would have got Blondie in this experiment? What would you have done? I would have done something probably like this. I mean, it would have been very affected, but it would have been like, a, oh, Dagwood, you're so lovely. Yeah. I just love, but, oh, can I make you another sandwich? You know, <laughs> because I can't sound like a woman, so I'm going to have to make it really silly. Right. So, so John, uh, John Grimion, yeah. uh, how, would you, how did you process Dagwood? You got Dagwood. How I did you give lo- that a voice? I looked at his hair popping out of the sides of his face and the big old goofy grin on his face about to eat this ridiculous sandwich, which is not, and I thought of the Archie Jughead kind of thing, and yeah, my voice just kind of got, you know, it goes goofy that way. Yeah, My okay. brain just goes to a goofy place. I want to say something that, if you don't mind, that, that uh, uh, off of what Lucy and John just talked about, which was what I always tell, uh, you know, what John was saying earlier about the, the key to voice acting is the acting part. That whenever I, whenever any of us talk to people who say, well, how do I get home a voice actor? That's the biggest question you get everywhere is if you go to a convention, how do I get into voice acting? What do I do? Take acting classes. Take mm. improv classes, especially, because the more improv and more experience you get with having to do things that are off the cuff and, you know, to... to Build your arsenal, so to speak, with with skill is is just to be able to learn on the fly how to come up with something and just try it and just kind of dive in and that's and let yourself fall on your face, get back up and and the acting, the, the years of acting classes that you can take is do a local play, do a musical, get get, get out get there, in the game, get out there and Very get good. in the game. Lucy, what's the, Lucy, you've got something to add here with uh, the characters. We've oh got. yeah. So I think I would make Ziggy like a boy, like a younger boy. Hmm. And kind of like I just like to give hugs. <laughs> and hey, can we all just get along? <laughs> that's, that's but see, but so go again. So I'm watching Lucy do this, and and you know, 
her demeanor has changed yeah, physically. Right. Yeah, you're and, and But she, she's, again, and this is going back to what she said about, you know, it's, it's not this great art form necessarily. I mean, it, yeah, it's talent. It's a skill set. But it, it's <laughs> like learning to play a musical instrument in a way, you know. And But what Lucy's doing is she's being real and authentic. So, uh, and then to tie it what John said, you got to walk out on a limb and... Take a risk. You got to, but be committed to it. Don't yeah. be afraid. Don't go, well, I'll sound angry unless they don't like that. Then I'll get hat. It's like, just go for it. Yeah. If yeah. it's right, it's right. Because the other thing, too, is that with acting, which is very important, John is spot on with that. Lucy's spot on with that. We all are, I mean, with that, right? But if you do a play or a film or a TV show, you've got uh, a stage, a set. Props, mm. wardrobe, makeup, other actors. You got all those elements. To play off of, yeah. When you walk into, um, and an audience, of course, in, yeah, in theater. But when you walk into a, a booth, you put on a headset and stand in front of a microphone. You, a wall. you got yeah. nobody. Yeah. And, you know, it's great to be able to go to it's work in shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops. <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. It is yeah. great. But you have to be able to pull up all that other stuff on your own. So I, I think we've mind. all seen uh, YouTubes over the years of Robin Williams, the late Robin, Robin mm. Williams. He played Aladdin and some of the other animated yeah. things. Mm -hmm. But some of the video clips of him doing the voice, his arms and legs are all over the place. Absolutely. Sure. The character. absolutely. Get physical with it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Just, Worst just thing as a director you can see is an actor that walks into a booth and immediately folds their arms or puts their hand in their pocket or, yeah. you know, first of all, are you are you not interested to be here? <laughs> yeah. I'm but sorry, I didn't so mean I, to hire you. Yeah. You know, It kind of um, depends because sometimes I do that, but it just depends because sometimes I like to go in more internal and and I work in a certain way that I work and and directors have told me this too and this is a this is maybe a downside of some of the acting I've done in the past is that I start with a voice and then shape it from maybe the inside out instead yeah. of the outside in or different you know what I'm saying there's yeah. different processes that work for you and that is why years and years ago John was called the thinking man's John Swayze yes <laughs> we read a blog it's a long running joke we, we were we were looking at I'm glad you pulled that, was, that out of me, John. That was John Swayze who said that. The thinking man, John Swayze. I on the, on, the, on the internet yeah. and it talked about, I was looking up some <laughs> reviews of stuff I've been in. I wonder what the anime reviews and kids thinking about this and this and that. And, and it said, yeah, I like John Grimion as a voice actor. He does this and this versatile. He's the thinking man's John Swayze. That's, that's, that's and what was, what was really <laughs> funny, like, what, both of you, what right? was really that great is, is when John told thing. us that. So it, back at ADV, they had this long hallway and there were studios on both sides, you know. And John and I, knew each other but not super well at the time and uh, john was at the far end of the hall and he's like hey man john how you doing i'm like oh hey john he's like so i just read this blog that mentions us and i said really what did it say he goes they call me the thinking man's john swayze and then he walked into a studio and slammed the door <laughs> like, oh no i couldn't have done that so how does that when you're i don't know if you did but it makes for a better story, <laughs> a better story. Yeah, I didn't so when you're when your body language is really getting into the character how does that translate when you're doing like a medicine commercial you were talking about earlier where there's really not a personification <coughs> of the voice. You're just trying to do a voiceover and overlay it. How does when, when uh, go ahead? If I you answered your own question, and you can't see this out there, when you were talking, you weren't sitting there like this. You were using your hands and being expressive and letting yourself physicalize it. And that's to me is the thing. Now, even even if you start with your hands in your pockets, that's a conscious choice that you're making. Right, right. So that still is a physicalization of it, in but my opinion. Yeah. But let's be real. We are usually on commercial work. It's a timing issue. And most commercials are a little overwritten. Yeah, and you've got to get it done <laughs> so fast. So we yeah. are 
Like, whenever I'm doing commercial work, I feel like I'm always doing something with my hands, mostly to help pace myself to get to... To get it faster. <laughs> to get to the end, while still making the words make sense. Um, Sometimes I get very cerebral about it, and I'll just sit here and just think about... The director will tell me, I want you to use this inflection. I've put little pencil marks all over the script. Go up here, go down here. They're very specific. And I just sit there and read it. Maybe my hand's like right here near my headset, and that just gives me a different... And I just go all internal with it, and, and it's like a computer working up there. I do so uh, takes care of it. one of one of my way too many side gigs is I also do <laughs> um, announcing for sporting events. There you go. And there's oh. times that I will get kind of animated with my arms, and other times I'm just like, eh. and just calling yeah. the action with my yeah. arms crossed, and just kind of like just whatever gets projecting. You there. And it's uh, yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I haven't really consciously thought sport? about. It's actually not a traditional sport. It's first robotics. First wow. robotics, a high school oh, robotics program. Okay. So okay. yeah, cool. so there's, yeah, there's right. several thousand teams throughout the country in the world championships here in Houston. Nice. That's cool. Um, that's a whole other show, but it's a, it's a way <laughs> cool thing I'm involved with. But it, but I, I do some of that, like you guys are saying, where I where there's times where I'm really animated getting into the calling the action. Other times I'm kind of more just relaxed, at least physically relaxed, but vocally still in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's and I haven't really thought about what's, why, know, why I'm shifting gears like that. I am with you in that. John John knows this about me. We I was at a convention once back in the day sitting on a panel with a whole bunch of people who were making the argument that you can't really be acting if you're not up and doing the action. And John knows this. I sit most of the time when I do voice acting, even when I'm being little ninja boys. Um, It is, I think, just over the years, I'm a pretty technical actor. I um, have learned how to control my diaphragm. And... Nobody can ever tell, you know, but I'm, I'm like that. I, I also sort of feel like the voice, the voice and the body do go together, but sometimes you, it's just a straight channel. So like it's just let's go a little a off, off t- target here, or a little different direction. Let's say that you have a character for pick whichever character you want. And let's say that the director says, now we want this character, character to sing, or we want this character to have a cold for the next 10 minutes. How do you do those tweaks that are? How, how does that happen? How do you do that mentally mm. to give your character a cold for 10 minutes or to give them the... I just had to do a commercial. Make yourself stopped up. <coughs> yeah. I, had, I had to do a, a, a commercial for a hospital a couple months ago where my guy had the flu and I, I, I made the people in the booth cringe because I just thought about me when I, and I went, you know, and did all these gross yeah. sounds and stuff like this. You just kind of... So now if you had that yourself. same character that was perfectly healthy... Yeah. How, how, can you do both, or is it like okay? I'm just going to give this dude the, the flu and his death. Yeah, dude. That, let's get the second one more like it's, it's okay. just you add the symptoms to just a flat, more of a flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like just, that's a, know, just a guy who was. Um, I think it was one of our coworkers asked that the other day when I was kind of kind of put feelers out of hey, who's got some discussion topics and how about singing? Because uh, the, the voices you're doing are not natural voices to you. How do you get those to sing? And, you know, that's Luckily, I love thing. singing, and I've been doing it for yeah. a long time. Both of them are very good singers. Yeah, me, sing. not so much. Oh. Yeah, me, not can. so much. If it's a funny takeoff on something, I can, like a country song or something like that, I can well, You sang with a that. band. You sang I did, but it was, it was a comedy <laughs> band. It was just a comedy band. We're actually recording this in uh, John, John Swayze's house here, the one that was just speaking, and I see right in front of me, Three guitars and a couple drums, yep, so, or at least one that's drum. Right. So that is the music. Yeah. That's the music room. Yeah. Yeah. But they're but they're trained. I mean, I'm I'm and I'm being very serious. I can 
I can fake it. I can play a song. I can play. You want me to play some Grateful Dead? I can do it all day long. But John can sing opera. John can really sing. John can really sing. John is like a real singer. John can read music. I can't. I can. <laughs> no, I, I can listen music, to music and go. I thought. Let me, let me feel that actually, out. Actually, you know? I cannot read music. To tell you the truth, John cannot read That's music. That's right. Get it. <laughs> John is not so much the thinking I'm man of John so Swayze as we originally thought. So let's get back to the kind of the business side of things. You guys have been doing this for more or less twenty years for yeah. all of you yes. guys. So you guys yeah. are well ingrained in the industry, but there's uh, others that have either just getting started or haven't started yet. For people in that position, is this a full-time gig or do you start it typically as a part-time gig while doing your real job? How does that get Most started? Most people have the day jobs. I would not tell anybody that doing voiceover for anime especially will be is something you can count on for to pay all your bills. I would, no. say I would absolutely have a different... Because yeah. you don't get residuals, and especially in Texas, right to work, you get a session fee. But I can go on Netflix and show some, hey, I've been on this, I've been on that, my buddies have been on this, John Swayze's on that. It's all over the place, but you don't get residuals from, from, from so anime. So feel free not to answer this, but you guys have been around for 20 or so years. Are you guys full-time? This is your only gig you're doing nope. this now? No. No. Yes. Okay. No. So but, but Lucy said yes to the yes. two. Lucy says yes, and, and I will tell you, Lucy's probably the hardest-working voice actor in Houston. I would that, I'd say that without a doubt, One without any hesitation. Um, uh, John is an editor of video. I direct full-time at uh, anim- Sentai, doing anime. Um, also do some producing. And uh, have, you know, we've all got our extra mm-hmm. gigs that we do and stuff like that. It's, it's not necessarily that we're all f- full-time actors. I mean, full-time uh, voiceover. But um, we are certainly <laughs> in, within the industry right. sphere, of, if you will, where, you know, it's not... Oh, yeah, and I wait tables as well, or I, I sell insurance during the day, and I do this. Right. Now, there are people that do that, and there's no problem with that. Right. Um, in Houston, it's frankly, it's very difficult to be a working actor that makes a living to support yourself or a family or anything mm-hmm. like that. You know, living in L.A. or New York or Chicago, it's a different ballgame. But Houston, as big as it is, it's just not i mean that's why we're constantly and i will tell you this because i'm very adamant about this the people that are doing making it work are the ones that treat it like a job that treat it like you know what um i'm gonna go find that work i I did a thing today for this lady and uh or i'm I'm getting ready to do it but i had a meeting with her this morning over zoom and she's doing a project it's a her phd project and she wants she's putting together a powerpoint slide and wants to have a voiceover for it. I was like, okay. She goes, so what would you charge? And I gave her a rate of like, well, this is pretty standard. She was like, you could just see her eyes kind of go, oh. I said, but you're not MD Anderson or St. Luke's, are you? She went, no. I said, well, then let's work out. What can you afford? And that, mm-hmm. that's the one nice thing right, about a right-to-work right. state. So these guys all have uh, their own studio at home. So they can go, oh, you know what? All right. Can you afford... 300 250 whatever it's going to take me an hour i can get it edited mm-hmm. pop it over to you it's mm-hmm. done i spent two hours doing it including the edit and i made 250 dollars. and she venmoed it venmoed it to yeah, me so you, you get it like right away so it's like that's, right. that's a lot better than zero because and it yeah you know what i mean yeah. it should be said too that i i think i um let go of my day job i i was working multiple day jobs for a long time um and only let them go I mean, well after when I probably should have. Um, but you're nervous as an actor to let go of your day job. Mm. And the only reason I think it has been sustainable for me is I have never believed in putting all of my eggs in one basket. So I don't, anime has been so good to me, but it is not all I do. 
But you've got I, you've got a degree in theater. You've got a degree in uh, mm-hmm. a master's of fine arts and stuff. And yet you were doing other things, and you finally came back to this, though, right? So yes. Well, all the day jobs I got, I always said, "Hey, I I would love to be your girl Friday at this um, radio broadcasting station," except. I want to be um, contract because I need the flexibility to audition because really I'm an actor. Okay. And all of my jobs have been like that. People knew and understood that I'm willing to work for no benefits um, and, you know, in return for the flexibility to be able to go and audition when I need to audition. Mm -hmm. And that is how I managed to cobble together some things that worked that let me build up enough work and enough client base to support me actually finally getting to kind of go, okay, day jobs, bye. I'm going to try to just act. Yeah, John Grimmie. You know? yeah. What's working for me uh, in a, along those same lines is that I'm, I've, I'm a native Houstonian, and, and when I got out of film school in the mid-'90s, I started working as a video editor, and that's all I did as an intern first and full-time. Then I went freelance because I couldn't go to voiceover auditions in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. So eventually I started to say, I bet I could go freelance and do both, Maybe, and, and it ended up working for me. Um, so you went but to Juilliard of, in New York, right? I went. Mm-hmm. I studied. Yeah. I used to study only theater. I went to HSPBA here in Houston, and then I studied at Juilliard for two years. Mm-hmm. I got cut from the program. They used to cut the class down. They don't do it anymore because okay. it makes the students too panic. We were all panicking. Yeah. But we. Uh, that's a much longer story. But I got cut. Then I ended up at film school at UT. I loved editing, and then I just did editing, and that's all I did. And that was a foundation. Uh, work-wise, okay. and that gave me a more you know professional confidence, and you can pay the bills, and you don't have to worry so much about it. So when I got back into theater in a very roundabout way, slowly, now I do theater for the joy of it, and voiceover for the fun of it, and for the and for to make a extra few bucks, money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that between the two, that works really well. But I know a lot of people in town from having been here for all my life. That that helps considerably. When so, you know, when so you how do clients. websites like mm-hmm. uh, the the freelance sites like Fiverr and some of the others? How do those come into play? I here? haven't gotten too much into that. No, you? I mean, no, and they really hurt the industry tell, because tell us why. well, well, okay, and I'd like to back it up, and it'll tie into that, but it'll, I want to back it up a little bit, and just because if you listen to what John and and Lucy just said, and you look into what they said, into the subtext, they didn't go to college and say, and I'm going to be a voice actor, and by next year, I'll be voice acting. It's taken years and years and years. There's a great podcaster, author named Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you've heard of him. That's a wonderful yeah, guy. Books, Love, yeah. yeah, if, yeah. if you ever get a chance wow. to listen to him. But we were talking about this last night. He says there's a, there's a factor, like a, an equation, and it's the 10,000-hour thing. Yes. And after 10,000 hours, that's when you can say you're probably good enough to call yourself that. Mm. 10,000 hours. That's that, and that's not saying you're an expert. That's like saying, now I can say I'm a voice actor. Yeah. <laughs> so I, sometimes I get a little miffed when people come up and they go, oh, I want to do that. Okay. Knock yourself out. It's taken me 20 years and I'm still figuring it out, you know, yeah. or 30 years. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, to go, but to tie into that. So you've got these things like Fivers and they're cheap and in the now with, they? now then that- with the home, uh, prosumer equipment. You can set up, go get yourself some Audacity, which is free. Yep. Get yourself a MacBook Pro. Go get a $100 mic from Best Buy. And suddenly, I'm a voice actor. And we get, I'll get people come up to me all the time and go, yeah, I'm, I'm getting into voice acting. And uh, so I just bought myself, uh, you know, a blah, blah, blah microphone. And I got this. And I'm like, I don't care. Well, that <laughs> doesn't make you a voice. You know what? I'm a guitar player. I just went and bought a 65 Strat. 
<laughs> Great. Well, it's the same thing in the industry, in the video editing industry. When I graduated from film school, it was 1995. The internet was brand new. Nobody had an iPhone. Everybody, if you wanted to edit a wedding video, a commercial, name it. You had to go to a big post-production mm. facility, hire some guy for several hundred an hour mm. on one kind of edit system, which was the only kind in town. Nobody did editing on their computer. You can edit on your phone. You can edit on anything yeah. now. And you can do it with high-definition mm -hmm. footage that you just shot on your phone, and you can lo upload it, and everybody will see it, and you'll get famous and start making, you know. Mm -hmm. That's possible for people now. Mm -hmm. So I went from graduating from film school, getting into the industry, and then, then over the next twenty years, completely changed to where it is now. Mm -hmm. So how? So and I, it's I, so. I, and it's so. It's gotten to that point though now where anybody can do it. But and and my kids, for instance, they go. They see a YouTube video and they go, they're famous. That's I'm going to do that. I'm right. like, no, but luckily, it, you can't. Luckily for people in my industry, just because you buy a 747 doesn't mean you know how to fly. You've got to have some skill at telling a story. And everybody can edit, but there's a whole generation of video editors, for instance, who grow up going, did that work? Undo. Did that work? No. Undo. Rather than when you used to have to cut Getting things right, with yeah. a razor blade and imagine oh. it in your mind and swing with a real heavy bat, now you really know how to tell a story. And the computer software and the phone and everything just makes it, it's, it so adds efficiency. More, way more forgiving. It adds said, efficiency, we, uh, but it doesn't give you the skills. We do have the technology, like you're saying, to but do that. But it doesn't so, give so, you the talent. So what is the right way for someone to come along and really tackle this industry and say, this is really what I want to do? How do I, how do I do that in five years, say, or well, three years? Well, you know, I mean, just like start with acting classes. Take acting classes. Okay. I, yeah, I say take acting classes. But I also, you know, I, I feel like this new generation, the new generation of people up and coming has opportunities that we didn't have and i say Absolutely. ride them yeah. you know what yeah, if you want to buy a there, cheap right? mic yeah. and get with your creative friends like blake who want to make their own mm -hmm. project and Absolutely. sit around and do your own voices totally and, and make yep. something you're proud of and put it on the internet do that you know, thing but be proud of it yeah. lord have mercy if it's not very good don't put it on the but internet because somebody will find it and then it, it will be yeah. on your name it, will be on it forever yeah it's very very hard to rebound from something that really sucked and have them go Oh, well, I'm sure the next one will be better. It's like, no, we remember the first one. Yeah. And, and, oh, right. and, but just to kind of circle back to what you're talking about, fibers and things like that, what I, was, I guess what I was alluding to is that it really so many people now flood in and they think, I got hired to do a voiceover for $5. And mm. technically, the definition of professional is you got paid. So now I'm a professional voice actor. So somebody comes to Lucy and goes, how much would you charge to me to do this? And she figures that's going to charge you $750, which is probably a very fair rate. And they go, okay, well, that's really more than I want to spend. So let me, oh, you know, I got a friend that says he'll do it for $150. Fine, mm -hmm. use them. And then they use that person for $150, and they're like, well, you were awful. But I've just, now I've just spent $150, and now I've got to come back to Lucy. So now I'm at $900 instead of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, and it, yeah. But it makes it more difficult for us and... This is my age speaking. <laughs> a lot of these young actors uh, feel entitled. We've been doing this collectively for over 60 years. You got these people coming in for doing two months. They happen to land a lead on a show. And suddenly they think, hey, so I am where you all are. And it's I don't mean to sound like a bitter actor. It's not that. You might be the next hot thing. That's great. Good for you. Like Lucy said, write it. Because it. Lucy says this all the time. And I think it's so apropos. This could go away tomorrow True. for all of us. It yeah. could just vanish. Like not even a, hey, it's coming. It's like, <laughs> no, Can't do this we're you're done. 
Yeah. We don't want you anymore. Computers can do your thing. Can yeah. do your job now, right? So it, it, it makes it a little more challenging. And, that, and then it goes back, though, to um, the marketing. But then also, uh, for, and this is what works for all of us, we've got an agent. We all have the same agent. Um, and we get auditions. John and I just auditioned for something uh, earlier before this, this yeah. podcast, and we're going against each other. And, uh, you know, um, John will probably land it. Get out of here. <laughs> which John, no, which John. <laughs> but the, the, um, the thing is, is, is we move on, and we're looking for the next job. If that one comes in, great. But I'm busy now trying to find the next thing, you know? Well, and you probably, um, like, I, didn't, I had not even heard of Fiverr. Um, but I know of, of other things, and I think one of the gifts of being, having been around a little while, is you know what you're willing to put up with? <laughs> you know, when I was yeah. younger, I was willing to try things and work with people who um, might have seemed a little sketchy or uh, take chances like that. Now, I don't need to do that. You know, a lot of us, so the people that are on those sites are, are willing to put up with a certain level of uncertainty, right? The people on the hiring side are, are so if somebody's willing to work for five bucks, you might get lucky. You might not. I, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, for the person that only is willing to pay $5 for their product, those actors mm-hmm. are opening themselves up to relationships that yeah. I personally and, don't yeah. want. And you there, know? Are stigmas, yeah. there are stigmas about not just voice acting, but also video editing, for instance, or somebody who does something creative because everybody can do it with their phone. There's this idea of, you'll do this, you'll do this first job for like nothing, won't you? And you've got to come back with, when you hire a plumber or a painter yeah. or anybody to come over, do they ever say, I'll do it for five bucks or free? No, I don't either. I see. That I've makes got sense. Certain, yeah. I've got Absolutely. certain skills. If you want to use somebody who just learned how to do it on their phone, go for it. But you get what you pay for. And That's we, and you know, thing. again, yeah. And we all, you know, not just, it's not arrogance, but no. we have a value. I mean, you know, yeah. 25, 30 years of experience doesn't come. I'm not going to charge you an arm and a leg, but it, there is a value to it. And if you don't want to pay it and we can't agree to a price because you keep nickel and diming me. I'm going to walk away because it's not worth my time. And there's something else, too. Go ahead. Well, there is, you know, it's that line, right? It's that weird line that you ride where you want to be like, um, I want the work, I... But I don't want to underbid myself. You know, it's that thing of if you are if you are young and hungry and you are trying to build a name, you will work for free. There's, that is just yeah. what you will do to get your foot in the door. And I you did should. it. I you did should. it. Fine. We all did that's it. That's great. Yeah. Right? But, but and I guess that's the way it, the world goes around. We were actually kind of really getting into the, the good, kind of the the uh, the nitty-gritty of this industry. It's really actually good and interesting. I'm liking this. But we have gone up to just over an hour. So I want to give everyone, I know it went, went by quickly. Yeah, right? yeah, it sure. always does. Uh, but I want to give everyone a chance to do a sign-off, maybe give a social media uh, shout-out, order your Twitters, your Facebooks, or web pages, <laughs> whatever it is, so people can get in touch with you, perhaps if they oh, need I'll work. mine up, my goodness. Um, yes. So, yeah, let's look let's around the table. Uh, John Swayze, give, give us... Uh, yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having us. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, it's always a pleasure to work with uh, these two fine talent. So and you got to play Ziggy today. I got so. to play Ziggy. Yay! Uh, but I didn't get to play guitar. <laughs> no. Thank you. Um... Anyway, yeah, so check me out. I'm at uh, John Swayze on Facebook, and uh, my Twitter handle is at uh, sw- uh, SwapMonster. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, please friend me. I'm trying to reach over 10. 
uh, followers. So that's Swayze, S-W-A-S-E-Y, right? Yes, John Swayze, S-W-A-S-E-Y. And I'm on Instagram, but I have no idea how to use it because I'm I'm over 50. <laughs> Very good. Uh, John Grimion. I am at J Grimm on Twitter. That is J-G-R-E-M as in Michael. And uh, Facebook, I'm not quite, I'd have to look mine up. Maybe it's John Grimion 1. Is is uh, what was on Facebook? Everybody puts the one after when it's taken. Um, Instagram, mm. I'm pr- I'm on Instagram, but I don't use it too often. I need to get back on that actually. But uh, I'm working on a website at the moment. I'm revamping everything. So John Grimion, and the last name caught me um, by surprise on the pronunciation, yeah. but it's G R E M I L L I O N. It looks like Grimillion. Grimillion, like but it's Grimion. Be a Grimillionaire. Yeah. There you go. And Lucy, how about you? Well, I am on Twitter. I am Lucy, L-U-C-I, loves Mike, M-I-C. And it's kind of a double thing because that my husband's name is Michael also. That's, that's very, very But well uh, yeah, I'm Lucy Loves Mike on Twitter. Facebook is, is for old people and my PTO stuff. You don't want to go there. Um, and I'm on Instagram at Lou. This is different. It's Lou, L-O-U-B-E-L-L-Z, Lou Bells. Because my real name in real life is Lucy Christian Bell. Okay. I married Mr. Bell, but it was after I was Lucy Christian. So, Very cool. That's yeah. Lucy Christian. And I guess I, I don't normally do this, but I'll go around and take my turn here. Luminovation at Luminovation, L-U-M Innovation at uh, both Facebook and Twitter. Cool. Thank you, John, and John and Lucy for being <coughs> on the Luminovation Thank podcast. You Thank you so much. There was so much more to cover. I wish we had more time, but perhaps we'll uh, revisit again in a few months. That'd be awesome. That's great. Fantastic. Very cool. Thanks, Thanks. guys. All right. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Lum Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live.